Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Geeks the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rod, and I am also here with... Carolyn! And today, we are talking about Carolyn's favorite, which, who knew that it would work itself out that you get to discuss this movie and the plot details, but we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. <laughs> I know, I when I realized that, I got really, really, really insanely, probably far too excited as much as I love Captain America, I was thinking about it as we were wa- as I was watching this last night. Like as much as I love some of the other movies, the Guardians are just so like special to me. I just I love them so much. Just head and shoulders above everyone else. Maybe Scarlet Witch. She probably is like up there with them. Fair enough. No Guardians for sure. Like when I was watching this, I was like, dang, I really forgot how like. Obviously, it was because we've seen these characters for so long now. You're just like, I know what happens. Like, it's not that big, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so good. I forgot how good it is. Like, no wonder this movie is like the it's, it sounds really bad. But like at this point, they're kind of the backbone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they have a ton of like rides now and the merch is all about them. And like, but honestly, they like and I think that's so like interesting because they really before this movie came out, no one knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy really were. Like, they had a comic, but it wasn't, like, a super pop... Super? Oh, my gosh. wasn't, like, super popular comic. And so... And I think that's one of the things that I love about what James Gunn does is he takes these characters that are kind of, like, who are they? And then it's, like, now they're... I wouldn't say they're, like, bigger than, like, Captain or Captain America or Iron Man. But it's, like, they're the ones that have, like, these rides. They're the ones that, like, it's still, like, to this day, like, for the longest time, I thought I was the only one who had such an affinity for Rocket Raccoon. But, like, so many people have just such an affinity for Rocket Raccoon. And I just think that is, like, so, like, cool. And I feel like, I feel like the thing about the Guardians I love so much, it's, like, I love the found family trope. And this is, like, the biggest found family trope that, like, you could have. And it's, like... They're a bunch of like misfits who, like Quill says, have lost everything and then they just become this little family and it just warms my heart so much. I'm going to try not to cry a lot during this episode, but I just love it so much. But uh, Rod, what memories do you have of when this movie came out or when you first saw it? So I was trying to think about it. I The funny thing is I don't, I don't remember when I saw it in theaters. I knew it was like when it came out. I just don't remember who I saw it with or whatever. All I remember is this was the time period. Disney does this kind of sort of still in California Adventure and slash Disneyland. But this was the time period where they were always using the Tomorrowland Theater to like showcase new movies. And I'm pretty sure this was Tomorrowland Theater. There's no way that this was in Bugs Land. I know for sure it has to be Tomorrowland Theater. Well, then sometimes they did the at the now it's the Mickey's Philharmagic. Yes, but I don't think it was that. No, but they eventually moved them like you would see like 15 minutes of the movie there. Yes. So I remember just seeing it over and over and over again. And partially because I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a really good movie. Like I just it was like also the first real like comedic Marvel movie. All these other ones were like we have funny moments, but they're like we've talked about so many times. It's like we have the sarcastic moments with Tony Stark, but like this was the first like comedy Guardian, like or Guardians. Well, first comedy Marvel movie that's like we are heavily leaning into comedy, and we are also including. And I remember the big thing too was like we are also making this all about music, music from the eighties, and so everybody got super stoked because they're like eighties music, yeah. 
So I just remember, honestly, it was just seeing the preview a million times at Disneyland. And that's all. That's both me. Uh, wow. I am. Words are hard today. Both of us. Both of us. <laughs> uh, but mostly just seeing it there. Uh, what about you, Carolyn? I feel like I did watch this or at, like before the second one came out. I don't remember the exact year, but I think it was around the time that they had announced that they were going to transition Tower of Terror into this Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And I was very unhappy because Tower of Terror was my favorite ride at California Adventure. Again, I would ride it all day. I just I just loved it. It falls into that spooky vibe. And at that point, I really hadn't wa- hadn't gotten into the I'm going to watch the Marvel movies. And so this was the one where I feel like it might have been on a streaming service. And I was like, OK, they're going to turn my favorite ride into this movie. I should probably watch the Marvel movies. So I'm going to sit down and going to watch this. And I, this was the movie that I was like, why have I waited so long to watch these movies? This and Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok was the one that really kind of sent it over. But I was like, why, why, why did I wait so long? I don't understand. This is amazing. There's a talking tree and a talking raccoon. It's like 80s music. It's so fun. And it it won it won my heart and it made me happy that we now have the Guardians ride in DC. Obviously, it's my favorite ride. But yeah, it like very quickly turned me into a believer. So. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that whole upward. I mean, obviously, I know about the upward, but like, I totally agree that that's a memory that goes into hand in hand too. But that's mostly more Guardians Volume Two. But like, still, that whole that whole thing that people were like, "Well, getting a Guardians ride, but why?" Like. People were stoked that it was Guardians, but they were mad that it was like replacing Tower. They're like, do a Guardians ride, fine, just not Tower. Yeah, just not, just not my Tower. And at that point, because the second one hadn't come out, because the ride opened right around the time the second movie came out. So this was probably like the fall or the like summer before that when they were like obviously doing the whole transition. Because I remember I was like, meh, I'm so sad. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch the movie. And then I was like, okay, I'm on board with this. It's pretty cool. I like this talking raccoon. I relate to him more than I probably want to admit in a lot of ways. Rod, how many Infinity Stones would you give this based on your memory? <laughs> based off my memories, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was a solid and solid good movie. What about you? I'm going to do a 9 because I just, I love it. Well, Carolyn, tell, tell me, tell me all about this movie. Okay. Well, I'll try not to have too many side roads on this episode. Can't guarantee it. But so our movie starts out and say so this is the other thing about this movie is it hits like like it is so funny and comedic, but it has these really like heavy moments. Like we start out this movie in 1988. We meet a young Peter Quill. He is at the hospital where we learn that his mother is dying. I can't remember if they like clearly state that it's cancer, but. Uh, she has, you know, the shaved head and she's basically, you know, like saying goodbye to him and he's sad crying. And we kind of learn that she like makes these like mixtapes for him. So she'd made one and it ends up in his backpack. And, you know, then she's like, Peter, hold my hand or take my hand. And then she dies. And so Peter obviously loses it. He is supposed to go with his grandpa but he runs despondent out into a field where he is abducted by aliens. And that kicks off our our movie. I forgot 
how like obviously we know the like comedians whatever i did not realize how close that ship was to him like i would be terrified it's one thing of just like a bright light coming and then scoops you up like no that ship was like right on top of him like poor little peter quill terrified and then yondu's like everyone wants to eat you (laughs) (laughs) just be grateful to someone to eat you no one should have to tell them that why would that be the first thought Oh, I just love this movie so much. But then we uh, fast forward to 2014, where we are on the abandoned planet of Morag, and we see a man with a mask uh, looking for something. And they, they don't tell you it's Quill, but you just, I guess you kind of assume it is it's to him. And so he goes through the ruins and uh, finds a mysterious orb. He does a whole like dance sequence, which just starts off the whole music vibe of the movie. And I just love it. And I love that James Gunn, like he write, he already knows like what songs he's going to play in a scene. And then he writes basically the scene around the music, which I think is just like so incredibly cool. The other thing that I, I mean, I have two things that I think about when I see this scene. Now, one, I just think about Endgame. <laughs> and two, it's just, that's the scene that they played over and over and over in DCA. So, wow, Disneyland. So, like, when I saw it, I was like, man, this brings back all the memories of just sitting there. And then the rain coming down on us because it's, like, all rain and all that. I was like, oh, man. Yes, those, theater, like, interactive theaters. Yeah, come and get your love. Love us. Like, this, these songs now from these movies, I only ever think of Guardians when I hear them. Like, that is how strong the association has become for me. But I also, this scene, like, where he goes into, like, the temple, and I do think it's funny they kind of reference it in Endgame. It feels very, like, Indiana Jonesy, like, with the orb and, like, you know, putting stuff and, like, you know, having to get it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to just watch them, too, that I'm, like, now really having the association. But... Who knows? Listen, didn't didn't they say they wanted Chris Pratt to be uh, young Indiana Jones at some point again too? So, yeah, he can stop being every in every franchise. It's fine in every adventure franchise. Yeah, it's like The Rock, who's in every Jungle movie. Yes, <laughs> but getting back to our plot, so he retrieves this orb and then is interrupted by a group of Kree fanatics, which we will recognize Korra from Captain Marvel. And so he is working for Ronan, who we also met in Captain Marvel, who, because um, in whatever has happened between Captain Marvel and now, the Kree have decided to have a peace treaty with the uh, Nova, the people of Xandar, the Nova, Nova Corps, um, Nova Empire, that's what it's called. And so he does not not like that. So they're kind of these like they're considered fanatical Cree who want to uphold the old ways. It's not really explained beyond that, but we can kind of understand a little bit from what we had in Captain Marvel. Maybe yeah. what that like entails, you know, it's they're com- like the Cree are just confusing in general. I'm like, why are you picking fights with people? Because like first it's the scrolls and now it's the people of Xandar like what's what's your deal bro who hurt you who hurt you yeah you know those uh it's the high no it's not the high evolutionary what is it called um oh no the something leader oh my god it's the something leader right the supreme leader no because that's that's star wars (laughs) oh no 
<laughs> like, wait, oh no. Oh my gosh, that's so annoying. Supreme Intelligence. That there we go. I would say the Supreme Intel. I knew it was like a mix up, a, mi- a mashup of all of those words, but it was <laughs> not coming to me. Yeah, so it, like, it probably has to do with like the Supreme Intelligence and, and all of that because we do see Ronin kind of coming out of that like black goo, which is how they like connect in. And so there's like all of that happening with them. So he sent Korath to get the orb because he is working with Thanos. And if he gives Thanos the orb, he's going to help Ronan destroy Xandar. So Quill escapes with the orb. It's a whole like sequence. And then uh, this is when we meet Yondu. And he's like, where are you? We're on Morag and you're not here. And Quill is like, yeah, I decided to take this bounty for myself and uh, get the reward all for myself and peace out. And this is the first time Yondu's like, I was going to let them eat you. And I said, no. Yep. Uh, this is also where we uh, meet Peter's one night stand. I cannot remember her, but that's how she even gets in contact with Yondu. She's like, you're getting a call. Yeah. It's like Berta or something. Yeah. It was something that I'm like, it sounds very close to human. I That's one thing I do like about Marvel is they're like, it's, it's an interesting name, but it's enough that like it could be English if we really wanted to try it. Yeah, it, it's like fantasy names. They're like close enough, but then you're like, it's no, it's not, it's not. So he is headed to Xandar to collect this bounty, and this is also when Ronan is like, well, we didn't get the orb, but we know who has it, and so he, uh, Gamora, who is with Ronan along with Nebula to kind of like monitor this whole like situation of getting the orb. Um, she's like, no, I'll, I'll go, I'll go get it. And Nebula's like, you suck. Well, the one thing with this that bothered me just like a little bit was I'm like, Thanos is technically above you, like Ronan, like way above you. And so Gamora and Nebula should not be like spoken down to. So when Ronan yells at Nebula being like, do not speak for me. I'm like, homeboy, if they were, they were like, Daddy Thanos, which I know they don't, but like, they could be like, Daddy Thanos, Thanos, wow. See, word's hard. Daddy Thanos, uh, Ronan was mean to me. Boom, boom, gone. I'm confused. Or even, not even just them going to Thanos, they outrank Ronan. So I'm confused why Nebula let herself get spoken to that way. Well, Nebula is also used to being just like, mistreated and abused so like even though she's like a very strong like both you know do this character you know she has a lot of trauma because of thanos and whenever she failed he would you know try and improve her so there's probably a lot of like complexity there with that but yeah i think it was you know maybe thanos has told them not to come like complain to him about stuff he would just like rip another eye out or something you know i don't know I think now uh, the subtitle of this movie, it's actually not, it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, semicolon trauma, because that's everybody in this movie, just they all have such insane trauma. <laughs> all three of the movies, they all have such, such trauma. But I love, I love, I love it. That's probably why I love it, because it just deals with the trauma. But so uh, on Xandar, we are introduced to Rocket and Groot and they, because Yondu is mad that Quill took the orb, 
so he puts a bounty out for him. So Rocket, uh, he has this like little like screen. He's like watching people. I think it's just hilarious this part when he's like yelling at the baby, like learn to walk yourself. <laughs> he's just so sassy. And so then he realizes Quill has a bounty on him. So he's like, okay, we're going to go after that guy. And then uh, Quill tries to uh, take the orb to the, it's like a, a dealer, like a artifacts dealer, I'm assuming. It wasn't the collector. What was it? He was called something else. No, yeah, he's like an artifacts dealer. So it's like, he's like a broker of, so he'll like have, he'll have a client who wants something, which I'm pretty sure his client was the collector that's just what I inferred from it. And then he he hires people to go get the things. So yeah, he's like, I don't know, I wouldn't say black market. He's, I, I don't know, it feels yeah. like, it doesn't feel black market. Especially if he's like out in the open too. <laughs> he's like, he looks like he's just a random store. Yeah, he has, it's not like you like go down into like a creepy basement or something. So he, Quill goes to do that and he mentions Ronan showing up and the guy's like, nope, I don't want anything to do with this. Ronan wants to kill all my people. I don't want to be on his bad side, which I'm, I don't know how he'd find out that it was you, but whatever. Um, so he kicks him out, and this is where Quill meets Gamora, and she's pretending to be all like nerdy and like, and then she steals the orb, and we have a wonderful little chase between all of our four characters we have met so far where Rocket and Groot are trying to catch Quill and Gamora is trying to get the orb and uh, by the end of all of this they get captured by the Nova Corps peoples and then uh, taken to prison because they are disruptors of peace. Well I totally forgot about this and this is another memory that came up last night. So I used to teach creative writing when I was when I taught um, high school and I was trying to get my students to be like super descriptive and like to understand how to like make a visual whatever. So I was like, you're going to write an action sequence. And they're like, we don't know how to. I was like, all right, cool. So I put on this scene and I told them, I said, you need to describe what's happening. So that way, like, like I should not have to watch this movie to understand what happened in the movie. And so I had to watch this scene agonizingly slow because like a second would go by and they're like, Right hand punches man's face. Left leg of the woman kicks man's stomach. So this is a good sequence to do it to because there's so much going on with like different things. And I just love like he's like, get him. No, not her. Get him. Learn genders. <laughs> yes, learn genders. Or the other one that's great is I just when she's doing the whole twig thingy and then just like her like i don't know why the scream irks me she's like ah! i was like oh my god painful 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 scream and then i also love when she chops off his arms and he's just like he's like don't grow back like yeah chill out. yes Groot can always regrow things that's the amazing thing about Groot. so yeah they end up in the prison and uh this is when we kind of get kind of a little summary about like all of them a little bit more in depth so it's like Groot a tree humanoid like humanoid word and then you like hear like Rocket he's like cybernetically engineered Gamora the daughter of Thanos and so in the prison everyone is like oh we want to kill Gamora and I just like you can like see like the beginnings of like the even though Rocket's like this guy's my bounty no one touch him it's like the beginnings of like their like little friendship. 
and like his like rockets just like explaining all of the things to quill because he's like you're an idiot you just don't know anything and so this is where we are introduced to drax the destroyer because uh in the the night uh some of the prison people in the prison they take gamora to kill her and drax is like no i'm gonna do it and then quill shows up and is like yo don't you think it'd be better to actually like get revenge on like the person who like did it i also love in this scene like rockets like what are you doing you're an idiot like no don't intervene it's <laughs> like what are you doing you gonna kill you too i okay one of the things like rocket said that i like maybe i'm just oblivious and i don't remember any sense of later is rocket says i won't be here long i've broken out of two prisons before this 22 oh 22 oh never mind then because i was like it's only two and i'm like we know the first one so what's the second one but never mind there's too many <laughs> too many too many no that's part of the because i guess i read this recently that part of the rocket and groot backstory that i think they'd written but they just never decided not to include it was they actually met in a prison ah gotcha yeah that was the only that's why i was like wait i think maybe well i don't know why i'm blanking <laughs> see again words are hard today words are super hard today and i don't it's okay. But so then at this point, they're like, well, you know, we're going to bust out. So you do whatever. But then at this point, they're like talking and Gamora's like, well, I have a buyer for the orb. And well, because Rocket was talking, he's like, I'm going to get this guy out because Gamora, I think, wanted Quill's help. And Rocket all cares about the money. And then so then Gamora's like, well, I'm supposed to get four billion whatever units for it for my buyer. And they're like, well, if we all split it, we're going to make a whole lot more money than if I turn Quill in. So this is when they all decide to work together. And I just love that they're like three ways. And then Groot's like, no, no, I'm here. And <laughs> it's like awake for the money, asleep for the action. Like <laughs> As per usual. As per usual. And so this is when we see the first of Rocket's plans where he's like, okay, to bust out of this prison, I'm going to need those armbands that the guards are wearing. I'm going to need this guy's leg and I'm going to need that battery. But the most important part is that we don't get the battery until the very end, which of course Groot has decided to completely ignore and gets the battery first, which then ensues all sorts of chaos in all the, the prison, chaos. all the chaos in the prison. And I just love it so much. Yeah. I love the like you're getting this and you're getting this and it, the my, I know it becomes a thing later and again it happens in Infinity War because like he haha is he's just like I didn't need the leg but it was hilarious right describe how did he move around did he just hop around <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did it look like hopping around on one leg uh, have you heard the very sad theory about that though no has to do with guardians 3 so the leg he gets like he asks for the things so he can remember his <laughs> no friend. stop it nope no 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> i once he said the leg i was like nope nope i know where this is going nope nope i don't like it i don't like it carolyn why would you why would you tell me that theory i don't like it makes you feel all the things and i'm like and so like when i watched i'm like oh was it doesn't necessarily make me cry but it makes me think of all the things yep this is why I, I don't know how we're, I know this is a very, 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 very long way away, but I don't know how we're going to get through Guardians 3. Most of the people that I see on the internet say it was a phenomenal movie, but I can never watch it again. I'll probably watch it. Maybe not as much. I feel like this first one is the one I end up watching the most. 
Anyways, that's a long ways away. <laughs> a long ways away. So basically, they collect all the things. Drax, um, because he wants to get Ronan, is like, I'm coming with you. And so Rocket figures out how to disarm the gravity in the prison. And they escape into the little pod and then go on their way to the collector, which this is the part where we learn Drax is very literal and metaphors go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. I will catch it. My reflexes are too vast. (laughs) (laughs) So they end up on, goodness, nowhere. They go to nowhere. And kind of before this, Ronan, um, because Gamora has obviously run away, ends up in the prison. So they find this out. And so Ronan is called to Thanos and he basically kills his like little henchman, which Thanos was like, seemed like pretty chill about for the most part. I mean, to be fair, Thanos is just like, you're a child, you're a patchy little boy. My plans are much bigger than your little planet takeover. Like, I really do not care. Like, this is stupid. And in the end, if you can't get what I want, then I'm not going to like, I will just destroy you and move on with my day. Yeah, pretty much. So Thanos, 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 oh my gosh, turning into Kit Harrington. (laughs) Thanos basically lays the smack down, down, and they go back to try and find Gamora. I question, do you know this? Because I don't. Was, is it always been the same actor for Thanos? Or, um, okay, so like this seems, I mean, obviously he looks super different than, I forget what movie was it. Oh, it was Avengers. Where he was like, I'll just do myself. So obviously this Thanos looks a lot closer to the Thanos we see in Infinity War. But because the first one looked very different. Yeah. Yeah. So the first Avengers, it was just the turn and the smile. He didn't say anything. And then there's this one, which is Josh Brolin. And then I think at the end of Age of Ultron is when you see the gauntlet and you hear the voice. So, yeah, it's always been Josh Brolin doing the voice of Thanos. I don't know if they brought him to set for this one. Gotcha. Okay. Cool, cool. Which I think is like, so- I know. I was like, he sounds the same, and he kind of looks the same. So I had to ask. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is interesting because, like, the CGI on this is, like, so good, but obviously it's still mid the 2010s. And so, like, compared to, like, the CGI and, like, Endgame, like, even on, like, Rocket, like, Rocket looks so good in this one. But when you, like, put it side by side with, like, the Rocket now, I'm like, holy cow. It's, like, just the way, like, technology keeps getting better. Like, Rocket was so good and then, like, just even better. So, before, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about this part. And that kind of goes into what you're saying about the technology. It was funny but you can tell CGI, not the greenest, was when Rocket wakes up when Quill goes to go after Gamora and he's got like half of his like fur is like stuck to his face. Yeah. So I was like, that's hilarious. But I also looked and I'm like, oh, this definitely dates it. You can tell that it's like, we just chopped it off and just left it there. We didn't like try to like make it look smushed. It just is like, we're just chopping it off and you get the idea. Well, I thought it looked pretty smushed. It was, didn't look like it was just like cut off. Yeah, but everyone thought it was funny. And that was like that detail was put in there. That was funny. Oh, yeah. No, I love that one. Always makes me laugh. He's like, what? (laughs) But uh, our ragtag bunch of heroes end up on Nowhere, which is a severed head of a celestial. And it is kind of a 
flawless outpost. They mine the brain fluid of the celestial to use for things. They don't really say what. And so because Tavon is going to, we have learned that uh, Gamora's client is Tavon the collector, collects things in the name. Um, and so they end up at like a bar in nowhere. And so Drax and Rocket and Groot are all kind of like betting on, I think, like their version of, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's not racing. It's, it, uh, it's like things eating things. Oh, oh, oh. Why? See, again, words are so hard for us today. What is this? It's, yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. It's like the illegal, like, pet going yeah, at each other. Yeah, it's like they're they're gambling. They're just having a good time and drinking. Dog fights. Yeah, kind of like dog fights, but I don't, I, that's probably the closest correlation we could make. But yeah, they're drinking and betting on whatever this is. Yeah, or we're still finding. Yeah, and so, yeah, but that's probably closer to what I'm thinking. But so while they're doing that, Gamora and Quill are kind of like having a moment out in front of the the space and talking about like music. Oh, because Quill at the prison, uh, one of the guards had taken his um, Walkman and he was like, I got to go get it. And she's like, why is this so important? So he like tells her about how his mom would make like mixtapes. And then she's like, I don't dance. And he does the whole like there, there was a legendary hero who stayed to town. His name was Kevin Bacon. And who knew that almost a decade later? You know, I was thinking about this. It's kind of sad that Gamora didn't get to meet Kevin Bacon in the special. You're right. Oh, man. Just so sad. Because she, like, even was, like, getting on board with the whole, like, Kevin Bacon thing, like, throughout the movie. And then they they almost kissed. And she's like, who do you think I am? One of your, like, one night stands? No good, sir. And he's like, ah. I love it, though, that she's, like, I, I think that's my best thing. Or my best thing. My favorite thing about Gamora is that she's, like, I'm going to fall into the trope just for a second. And then be, like really you think that okay you're that you're that easily deceived yes because quill is just a romantic he's a seven like me we believe in the best of all things but uh while they're out there uh all the others are getting far too drunk and then they get in a fight and rocket is mad because everyone keeps calling him vermin and rodent and he just wants to kill drax and they're like no no please don't do that don't kill anyone like, let's wait till we finish this up. And then Rocket's like, yeah, and then I'll kill him. And Quill's like, can you just not not kill people, please? Stop. Stop killing people. But this is like, it's like these scenes with Rocket where he's like, I didn't ask to be like torn up and put back together. And I'm like, this just hits like extra hard. It really does. After everything we've learned. We're still- oh, after volume three, you just like feel so much for him and his wanting to protect himself so much. And this is like the closest we, I think this is probably the closest we get to him opening up and until volume three. Actually, not even volume three. This is the closest we ever get to him opening up that way. That way about like what happened to him in the past. Oh, yeah. Because he, he doesn't even really, yeah. In volume two, he doesn't really talk about it because that's the whole thing of volume two is he's like spending the whole time trying to push everyone away. But yeah. So this is when Tavon's uh, worker shows up and she's like, the collector, we'll see you now. She didn't actually say that, but that's what I heard in my head because that's what they say in the ride. So <laughs> they go to uh, Tavon's collection where we see just so many Easter eggs in this scene. It's amazing. 
but they go and this is where Tivon gives us the speech about how this is the power stone and it wields immeasurable power kind of introducing us to the six singularities we see the tesseract which is at this point the only one we've been uh, well then we see the ether too as the redstone um those are the two we've been introduced to so far if we're doing this release wise um and basically explaining that um, whoever wields it has to be insanely insanely powerful there was like a group of people once who tried to wield it but it was even too much for them and he's just so happy to have this in his collection um and then rocket's like we don't care just give us the money so he walks away and his assistant who is tired of being bossed around she's like i'm done with this and grabs the stone and explodes the entire collection um and so while this is happening because drax was drunk and like was sent away he decides to call ronin and be like we're here on nowhere come find us come get us and so at this point ronin shows up and fights drax which drax loses gamora has the orb and so she tries to escape with it but she's ultimately caught by nebula who gets the orb and blows up her ship and then quill is like no i'm gonna go save her so he's like yondu this is where i am here are my coordinates and then he goes out into space and puts the star lord mask on her face and saves her from death and then yondu shows up and is like you're our prisoners now and then we do we do the whole thing again where he's like i should kill you boy i should let them eat you and that's again the whole that should even be a thought process it's the one's head <laughs> and so <laughs> they're able to kind of like talk them off the ledge by being like look this is like we need to you know take this thing to like nova we or no we need to get the orb from ronin because they should get the orb from ronin because they're like it like he's gonna go kill a bunch of people and so yondu finally gets on board with like doing that Meanwhile, down on Nowhere, uh, Groot has pulled Drax out of like the water. This this weird orange water goo. Probably brain fluid now that I think about it. <laughs> Pulls it out, saves him, and then is basically like Drax is like, I'm sorry for being an idiot. And Rocket's like, why am I, why do I want to go save like these people? You know, we should just peace out while we're still alive. And Groot's like, no in his I am Grootness, like, no, we need to help. And Rocket's just like, oh, you guys drive me nuts. Maybe you want to kick grass, but let's go save Quill and Gamora. And so they go and they're going to blow up the ship. <laughs> and he's like, we'll give you to the count of five. He's like, no, we're fine. Like, we're, everything's good now. Oh, hi, Quill. <laughs> oh, hi, Quill. <laughs> good to hear from you. And so at this point in the movie, they are all deciding what they're going to do and they're like well we have to stop ronin but they're like well that means like certain death we're all we're all gonna die if we try and save ronin and quill's like well you know we've all lost things so let's see if we can save something and then they all decide to go face we're ronin. together well we're all a bunch of idiots standing in a circle listen they're all in this together you have twelve percent of a plan. I know. I know. The left twelve percent is better than eleven. Like, <laughs> just love all the little like one-liners in this. It makes me wonder how much of that was like improv. I feel like there has to be so much improv with this. Oh, I feel. I feel like there is so much improv, like with a lot of like the things that like happen in the scene. I think my favorite one is, and they kept it in the movie. So I remember in the. Uh, when they're at the collectors and Quill drops the orb 
That was not in the script. That just happened. Oh my god. <laughs> and like he stayed in character, so they're like, we'll, we'll just keep it in the movie. Like, why not? I also want Vin Diesel's job to just show up into a booth and just go, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> but each I am Groot actually means something. That's another fun thing because James Gunn, so that he would know like how to give like an inflection on it. He like actually like wrote out what all of the I am Groots stand for, which I was like, I that's so cool. I mean, you can kind of like figure it out based on how he's talking to the other guardians. I'm like, but I just love that so much. Yes. So now we have our suit up. This is the plan. This is what we're doing montage, which I just, I just love. And so they go to Nova uh, no, Nova. They go to Xandar, and I love that he's like, I'm going to, like, call and, like, you know, leave a message. <laughs> he's like, they got my message. Yeah, no, they got my dick message. <laughs> I love that. And he's just like, he's, like, he's just, he's just that he knows that he's not a good person, <laughs> but it's, we're here to help. I also, I don't know why, but I love Glenn Close's hair where I can be like, this is like Padme's status. Every time we see her, it's just a different little do-up. And it's all of these random ways of doing it. I know. I always forget that like she and John C. Riley are in this movie. Hey, that's I make the joke every time I go on Cosmic Rewind being like, just looking at him like, oh my God, it's Cruella. It is. It's Cruella. The multiverse. The multiverse. I also, it's interesting just trying to figure out their names, especially when you go on Cosmic Rewind, they give you all these different like Nova slash Xandarian names. And all they all they just end with like Merrick for some reason. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm somebody like Uranine something Merrick. And then I'm something Tal Merrick. And I'm like, okay, I'm confused. You know, that's their naming convention. I'm so excited to do that ride in a few weeks. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I can't wait for you to do that. I can't wait. I was I was so happy when I went on Guardians this past week. I got the Jackson Five, and it's the best one. It was just magical. I'm so excited. It's well, that's I think if we do this correctly, it's in the same time era as this one. So it matches up. <laughs> Does match up. So it's all it's all matching up. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But so this is basically where we have our whole big end battle, which starts with them uh, boarding Ronin's ship and they have a whole plan. And so Gamora is going to disable the door so they can get in to attack Ronin. And also at this point, Ronin is like, you know what, Thanos, I don't need you. I have the power stone. And he takes it and he puts it in. It's like it's like a hammer, basically. Looks like a big log hammer, not like Thor's hammer. There's probably like a, an actual name for that type of hammer, but I don't know what it is. And so now he also has the power of the Power Stone, and Nebula is like, mm, yeah, you know, I'm not going to go back to Thanos because I'm going to help you now. And so Gamora is fighting Nebula. Uh, Ronan is, and his like fighters are trying to, you know, attack the Nova Corps. Groot, Quill, and Drax are all trying to fight their way into kind of his like main, main room. I also love in this part, I think some of my favorite things about Groot is he's like so incredibly violent. And then he does those things where he just like turns and like smiles at the camera and you're like, 
you're actually like a psychopath in there, aren't you? You're so yes. lovable, but you are oh so crazy. Like the like, like he like got what is it? He impaled like six people and then went, yeah. Nah. And then like yeah, slams them all and then like turns around and gives you the cutest little smile and you're like, I love you so much. It's it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> listen, we love we love Groot in all of his different stages. We do, and this is technically like Groot number OG one. Groot. OG Groot. This is OG Groot. And so uh, Rocket is, you know, while they're doing all of this, he's like flying around helping the Nova core fighters who they like create like a blockade to kind of stop the ship from going down because they're trying to evacuate the city. And then like, I know Sal's not in the movie for a really long time, but at this point, you know, Ronan's like, I'm done with this. And he uses the power stone to like blow up all their ships. And Rocket's like, no, Sal, hold on. You got this. And then Sal doesn't got this. Sal doesn't got this. Well, that's like, what was it that he said? He said something along the lines of like, he's like, I didn't trust you. Oh, that was right after the message. He said, I, they got the message where he's like, I didn't, he said, I didn't trust you guys. Don't make me regret my decision. Yeah. I was saying he's the one who says, what a bunch of a-holes at the beginning. You mean the only thing they put in every single trailer for this movie? Yep. What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> I just love him and I'm sad that he died. So as this is happening, you know, all the ships are like crashing down. They finally break into Ronan's main room. It's all, it's kind of like a throne room, I guess. Basically like the the hub of his ship. And so Quill uses his like big blaster destroyer thing to shoot Ronan, which doesn't work because he's the power of the power stone. So he's about to come fight them. And this is when Rocket just like literally smashes the, his ship into the main ship so now all of the guardians are on the ship but this causes the dark aster to basically kind of like implode and stop working and crash down onto xandar which this is like this one of the parts of the movie that just like always makes me cry they're all like how are we gonna survive this and groot just like wraps them all in like his branches and does the weird groot and it's just like it makes me wonder because now that we've seen the whole thing with guardians 3 about like they start understanding him and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is that when they start understanding him when he says we are Groot? And then, like, that's when the moment that they start understanding what he says? Yeah, I don't know. Because it always seems like Rocket's able to understand it. And then, like, in Infinity War, they're like, Thor's like, yeah, I took Groot as an elective. So it's like, it's obviously, like, its own language that they can, like, understand. So maybe at some point they took Groot lessons between, you know, on the ship. They had time. Well, yeah, because like I'm sure Baby Groot for the longest time probably didn't say a whole lot, so they had time to like learn Groot from Rocket, and so they crash down. Groot sacrifices himself for the the group, which is just so sad. And then they all crash land. They're you know battle bruised and waking up, and of course Ronan is not dead, so he's like, I am going to use my war hammer and I'm going to decimate Xandar and as he's doing this Quill's like dance off bro old child throw it to Gamora he's like what are you doing <laughs> dance off to save the universe bro I mean like I said it's just it's so funny like I love I love all of this movie just in terms of like how like you said, it does have its very serious moments, but it doesn't take itself super seriously. And I think that's what Marvel was missing. Yes. So, like, Ronan at this point was like, what are you doing? And Quill's like, distracting you, obviously. 
And so at that point, Rocket has rigged up something. He explodes the hammer, which releases the stone. Quill jumps, grabs it, and, you know, it does the whole thing where it's like it's going to destroy him. Um, And we see all the Guardians trying to get to him. And Gamora's like, take my hand, which this part normally doesn't make me emotional in the movie. But for some reason, last night, it made me really emotional. We, like, flash back to his mom where she's like, take my hand. And so he takes Gamora's hand and then Drax comes up and like puts his hand on his shoulder and then Rocket with his little raccoon paw like reaches up and grabs Drax's finger and they're able to wield the stone together and Ronan's like, how? And he's like, because we're the guardians of the galaxy. And then they destroy him and they save Xandar and they are the guardians of the galaxy. Love it. Love it. I mean, this is also where we learn about that whole we did a body skin on you when you went to prison and we found interesting things why you can wield the power of the stone yeah so yeah the whole thing and go say after that happens yondu shows up and is like okay give me the power stone that's what we agreed on so we learn that quill swapped it so they give the power stone to the nova cores to protect and then there have been things because like as yondu's taking off craglin makes the comment about you know, I'm glad we never dropped him off to his daddy. And he's like, yeah, me too. And so then they fly off to do whatever. It was like in this part when like Rocket's like holding the little tree and like crying. Drax yeah. just comes over and like pets him. It's just so, just so cute. But yes, then to wrap up the movie, we do learn that they did a scan. Quill has some sort of DNA that is ancient. They don't know what it is. And they're like, oh, maybe that's why you could hold the Power Stone for so long. And so they basically tell Quill, we've repaired your ship because it got damaged in the battle. You guys can go. Your criminal records are expunged. And they're all like, well, what if I see something that I want and someone else has it? And they're like, that's illegal. You can't take it. He's like, but what if I want it more than they have? It's still illegal. It's like, what if I, uh, what if someone looks at me funny and I want to like rip out their spy? And they're like, that's murder. That's illegal. <laughs> like, <laughs> Quill's like, don't worry. I-, I got this. I'll take care of them. He's like, do you? And he's like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. And so then we get a wonderful little wrap-up where Quill finally opens the present that his mom made, which is awesome mixtape number two. Starts off with Ain't No Mountain High, Ain't No Mountain Low. Um, and when we just like see all of the Guardians coming together to go on their next adventure, which will be a little bit of chaos and a little bit of helping. And see all of like we see um, John C. Riley's character reuniting with his family and just all the the warm fuzzies. Oh, and then we see like the little teeny Groot being born, like coming yes. coming awake, and you're just like, it's ah. just such leaves you on such a happy happy note. It does. It's great, and I. It's also do we want to do something good, something bad, a little bit of both, <laughs> a little bit of both. She's like, up to you, Captain. <laughs> oh, up to you, Star Lord. And we also realized, like, that's how he got his name was his mom would call him her little Star Lord. Yes. Oh my God. That also too with like, just he's like, I'm Star Lord. It's a cool outlaw name. So funny. But that is pretty much the end of our movie. They go off to have another another adventure. Um, and our post credit scenes are just Baby Groot dancing to Jackson Five. And so your favorite. <laughs> The best version of uh, Mission Breakout is the Jackson 5. The other ones are good, but Jackson 5 is best. And then our final post credit scene is we see Tavon in the aftermath of his collection with a cameo from Howard the Duck. Yes. I love that Howard the Duck has been a through line through all the movies. It's been great. 
It's so good. Yeah, because you, you see him again in the third one. I'm pretty sure at some point in the second one he gets referenced, but we'll talk about that next. But we did it. We went to the movie. Yay! What are your, like, final thoughts? Are there really... I can't say there's anything about this movie that I, like, dislike. Same. Really, honestly, same. Like, as I sat through this, I was like, I really... I did. I really forgot how good these... Like, this first movie is. Like, I now... Like, I understand and, like... You know, when you're in it in the beginning, you're like, oh, like, okay, it's a hit. Like, I really like the movie, but, like, this is crazy. Now that we've reflected back on I was like yeah it deserves every little bit of the hype that it's gotten over the last almost 10 years yeah it's so good and I love that like before this movie like I said at the beginning these comic book characters were like not known they weren't like if someone was gonna be like who's your favorite comic like no one was probably gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy and now they are just like so like beloved by like everyone and I love it. It's great. I love it. And that's that's another part too. I mean, granted, do I think that we like, especially when you go to Disney, there is a lot of them, and they when you say Marvel, everyone thinks of Guardians now. Absolutely, but they do deserve it. It's just I, I I'm not as big of a I, I like Guardians. I love the Guardians, but not as much as you do. So like for you, this is perfect. All all the merch, all the things. But for me, I'm like, give me more Black Panther, please. Which I know when we get there, Black Panther has his own hype and all that. But I'm just like, give me a Black Panther ride on top of Guardians. Yeah, like that would be super fun. I'd be so down for a Black Panther ride. I thought like honestly when they were like initially talking about Avengers Campus I, because Bugs Land was like so like grush, grush. Oh my gosh. Words. Green and lush. I just like mashed those words together into what? Grush. New word grush. <laughs> <laughs> um... I was like, oh, they could like make that into like Wakanda. I mean, I love what they did with Avengers Campus. I think it's great. But I was like, initially, I'm like, that'd be really, really cool to like do that. So like, I feel like that would be like a very cool expansion of the park in some way. For sure. Because um, I know everyone loves Black Panther. And I feel like, like, I know he gets a lot of love, but. But Guardians definitely gets, gets way more. Yeah. And I feel like it's like. I mean, I think in like Hong Kong and some of the other Avenger campuses, like obviously they all they kind of have the Spider-Man ride, but one of them has like an Iron Man ride. Another one has an Ant-Man ride. So they do try and like spread it out. But definitely in the U.S. parks, they and it probably has to do with like their licensing with like Universal. Probably. Because I know they have like the Iron Man, Spider-Man stuff at Universal. And maybe I think that's probably why they focus very heavily on the gardens, especially in Florida, because I know... I know whatever the laws are, Guardians is really the only ones they can use. I think there might be a couple other ones, but like. Yeah, I think Guardians and Black Panther are the big ones that they're able to do things with. The others, they're like, they're stuck. They're stuck in the universal land. Yeah, especially in Florida. So I know that's why in Florida, I think they probably leaned very heavily into the Guardians, which obviously I'm fine with. I love them. Yes. (laughs) But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously it makes me very happy. I get excited anytime I see new Guardians merge, especially when like Rocket or Groot. But yeah, going back to the movie, I just, it really is just such a great balance of like the music and the humor, but also the seriousness. Um, and I think, I think that's like a strength of James Gunn is he like, he plays all of those things like so well. And we'll obviously talk about them when we get to Guardians 3, which is very heavy. But the way that he's able to balance all of those things, I feel like is like why these movies are like so popular. You know, someone else could Agreed. try and, and make this movie and it could and it would probably fall like completely flat. 
No, for sure. I will say that's what made me a little mad when he did Suicide Squad. I'm like, you just repeated the Guardians. Are you trying to repeat the Guardians with DC? Like, yeah. you struck gold the first time. Let let that let your baby rest. Your baby did great. Don't try to re- like replicate it because you did. You knocked it out of the park the first time around. Now nah, we like Guardians more. So exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> that movie played on my fears, but this is not about that one. That, but yeah, I I do. I really really like this movie. I'm glad. Like, it's one of those I feel like I saw so much that I'm like, oh, I don't need to watch it. Like, and like anytime soon. And I think it's been years since I'd seen that first movie, so it was it was a nice little rewatch. Loved it. So, how many Infinity Stones would you give it now? Well, I'm gonna up it to a nine out of ten because I like I said after rewatching, I'm like, this is so good. I thoroughly enjoyed it and. This could be a movie you put on in the background, but I didn't want to. Like, I sat and I was like, I'm enjoying this. I want to watch it. Like, I don't want to just do other things while watching it. What about you? Uh, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. I agree. It is it is so easy to put it on in the background. It's it's probably could be considered, like, one of my comfort movies. I'm like, but I just love it so much that, like you said, I don't want to put it in, in, on the background. So this is my, my first Marvel 10 of our rewatch. Love it. I watched every watch all of the Guardians just being 10 out of 10 across the board. <laughs> no, I'm like, I think you might actually be surprised with how I, how I rate some of the other ones. All right. Well, uh, Carolyn, now that we've done this, what are we? I think I know which one is next, but what are we doing next, Carolyn? Oh, we're doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we get to go right into the second one. There we go. So you wanted to uh, come and get some love with War Guardians. You get to get it again. Yeah. <laughs> the th- Rod, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at Rod Salgado. Carolyn, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Coffee and Chaos Magic. And you can follow us at Disney Geeks The Pod. Well, until next time, I don't even know what... <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> <laughs>